Hey boss, welcome to another episode of the Bosshood Podcast, your place for motivation, inspiration, and encouragement on your journey of becoming a boss. This episode is brought to you by Streamline Media and Communications. Streamline focuses on connecting cultures and generations through thoughtful, well-produced ideas. Learn more at streamlinemedia.co. Welcome to a new episode of the Bosshood Podcast, your go-to spot for motivation, encouragement, and inspiration on your journey of becoming a boss. In today's episode, your hosts, Teal, that's me, and Ryan are welcoming a very special friend of ours onto the podcast to share his journey of bosshood. Yeah, yeah. Today we're going to be talking to fashion stylist Dan P. Lee. Um, I met Dan Back in December of 2016, I had just moved to New York. It was a, it was a July. I think it was July fourth. Yeah, July fourth. Yeah, July fourth rooftop party. I remember. Yeah, it was like when you when I moved to New York, it was all those group chats and stuff were popping, right? And yeah. With those different events, young and black professionals in New York. Yeah. So I remember meeting you, and we just instantly like kicked it off. We had some mutual friends. You know, uh, I think Darby was there. We yeah. Just, we just yeah. instantly kicked it off on that rooftop, and it's crazy because I tell Teal this all the time. Like I never make it to Harlem. <laughs> Ever. I'm in Harlem maybe I mean I'll come there and kick it with you, but I'm only in Harlem like once every two months either. Especially yeah. in the winter. Everyone in New York knows their struggle. It's like it's going to like traveling like way too far. Right. Damn man, you're like one of the most I mean, yep. I mean I say this a lot and me and Till talk about this and I tell other people this when I introduce them to you, like you're really one of the most driven individuals I've ever met. Very motivated. Um, just very into your faith and into so passionate about your career and um Man, I'm just really thankful that you joined us tonight and, you know, you're going to be sharing your journey. Um, Thanks um, so much for having me. I really am honored to be with you guys. Um, I love you guys. I love the friendship that we have built, you know, meeting you and, you know, meeting Teal through you. I'm blessed blessed to have you guys in my corner, so I'm excited for you guys to have me here today. You know, I think... I think our friendship, like, the three of us definitely define, like, what Issa Rae was talking about when she's saying, like, networking across. Because mm-hmm. we're all three, like, in the midst of this greatness and, like, on the brink of reaching the potential that, like, we feel that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, like, grinding in two of the largest cities, the most active cities in the country. And, like, neither of us are from, like, none of us are from those cities. Like, Dan, you're from South Carolina, right? North, or North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. Small town in North Carolina. Okay, okay. Is it, like, bad for me to mix it up? <laughs> nah, I mean, it's not It's not no bad blood like that, but, you know what I'm saying? It's okay, North Carolina. It's, it's all Carolina at the end of the day, I guess. No, but I think that... <laughs> <laughs> it's just cool. Like, I think that just our friendship, all three of us, we definitely represent that networking across concept. Um, so, 100%. yeah, I'm super grateful to have you on the podcast sure, to share yeah. your journey. And even with me, exciting. like, now... Making because I met you when I was still interning, and then when yeah, I made yeah, the yeah. transition, um, started working and working in fashion, working in media. You've just really taught me a lot about the ins and outs of the fashion industry, and you know our conversations have just helped me so much in my career. You know when I'm noticing things, you know I'll bounce ideas off you. We've we've collaborated together, yeah, right? Likewise, yeah. And just um, just you keeping me up on industry trends and what's going on. It's it's an exciting time in fashion right now, and it's just so cool to be connected to a young stylist that you know. You're in the middle of 
you know, all the, all of this, all of this change that's going on right now, you're on the front and center. Um, so it's dope, man. So welcome, welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So let's get into it. So tell us, tell us, um, or tell the audience really, because we know who you are. But you know, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who who is Dan Lee? Um, my name is Daniel Lee. I am a young, ambitious stylist. Um, originally from North Carolina, um, relocated to New York after I graduated college, and I, I left. Uh, graduated December of 2015 and I moved to New York the next day and I was just just so eager and ready ready to get to a bigger city so I can just groom my talent and to begin to learn more on much more of a, on a higher level and you know I felt like you know I've been blessed to live in the south and I have a certain perspective being from a small town and I always just had this you know yearning desire to live in New York City when I um, got older and, you know, I was, went through college, I graduated, and I told myself I'm just take a leap of faith and I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to start there and just start chasing my dreams. So that was the big step, you know, just getting to the city was the beginning part. And I got here through, the, you know, the help of friends and family. And, I was, you know, it, I took no days off. I began to start working the first day that I got here, just connecting and you know, trying to, you know, get in contact with different people and seek different opportunities that New York City had to offer. That's wild, man. You said the day after graduation? You the moved day in? after graduation. December, <laughs> I graduated December 18th, 2015, and I moved to New York December 19th, 2018. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, no time. Yeah. <laughs> so so when, when you were in school, I know that you originally told me you were pursuing, like, dental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk before you said you were pursuing dental. Uh Um, So what made you? What made you switch? What made you? You know, want to pursue styling as a career? Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, I felt like you know when I was younger, um, I felt like I was playing the safe route. Everyone told me I was smart. I was I was an AB honor student. I was in honors classes, and you know a lot of times you usually pick different occupations like doctor, lawyer, dentist, and you know I didn't really like the idea of dealing with blood so I was like oh what well, you know like why not just be a dentist and I always liked going to the dentist uh, when I was younger I had a really great dentist growing up so that was my mindset at first but the first two years I'll be honest chemistry really was really tough and you know I think it was like a sign you know it's like there's no way I was you know excelling in school all my life and then now I get to college and I, I can't pass chemistry and then you know um, I had with that in my life, and I had an older mentor who was a senior um, by the name of Jamar Sampson when I was in school, and he was starting a bow tie brand. And right. you know, I used to like kind of like model for him and whatnot. And mm-hmm. we used to collab different. I used to give him like different ideas, and everyone on campus kind of like knew me for like the you know wild different things I would wear, and, you know, cool different things of just being very different. And you know, it came down to the sophomore year, the national exam. You know, you have to pass this exam to move to the next level of chemistry, and you need chemistry in order to make it to dental school. And I didn't, you know, didn't make the national average. And, you know, I'm, I just never forget. I, I was crying in front of the student library, and then Jamar actually ran into to me, my mentor, and he was like, you know, um, he was graduating with a degree in less than a week, and he wasn't um, he wasn't really too excited about, you know, he his degree he was getting, he didn't think he was going to actually like want to work in a career field. So he was actually planning to come back the next year and get a second degree in fashion merchandising. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know my school offered that. And he told me I should check it out. And, you know, I've always kind of leaning towards a, a 
degree change, a major change. And uh, I met with the advisor and I told her kind of like my ideas at first. It's very young in this infancy state. Met with her and it was, it, you know, the rest was history. I changed nice. my major and then just kept it moving from there. Nice. Nice. And I, I had that experience. I mean, I changed my major three times. Wow. And I had the yeah. same, same similar experience to, I mean, it was math for me. I was just, math was just never my strong suit and getting through all of this like business math and thinking about pursuing business. Like I knew that I had to, I had to choose a different route at the end of the day, but, um, wow. Yeah. So just like that, you're like, that's cool that someone else's journey through undergrad and you know, the mistakes that they saw themselves making, they sound, it sounded like he, he didn't want you to, you know, go to graduation, go all the way, get all the way to graduation and then realize like you didn't actually want to do that. Yep. Path. yep. So I'm thankful for him. Very thankful. And you've obviously seen like, you know, some success in this fashion industry so far. So it's obvious you made the right decision. So mm-hmm. shout out to you for doing that. For sure. And I, I want to ask before we get into a little bit about like, your journey into the entrepreneurial world and, and navigating that um, industry life in New York City. How would you describe your personal style, Dan? Like, you're obviously fly, but how would you describe your personal style? My personal style? I think it's, like, interesting. I, I feel like I've always asked myself that a lot, and I I think I come to the uh, decision I can't really, like, like box my personal style because sometimes I, you know, I, like, I want to wear, like, a suit and tie, Sometimes I want to be on like a streetwear type of style with some sneakers. So I, I usually like kind of dress like my mood, how I feel that day and kind of like where I'm kind of going. I usually kind of gauge the crowd or maybe that I may, may be in and or, you know, who I may be meeting with. And that's usually how I describe. I mean, if I was to start, I guess, describe my style, I'll say I'm a little bit more of a... Um, streetwear but with like a casual elevated edge to it that's how i would describe it so let's get into let's get into a little bit about the the job right and then when you got to new york so after graduation obviously you decided to pursue you know this degree in fashion what what was that first job you landed out of college so the first job i landed i was hired at club monaco on fifth ave it's a society it's a cyber brand under the Ralph Lauren um, umbrella, and I was a visual merchandiser for them. And it was a very great job. I was blessed and um, really liked it, really liked it. And, and in my studies as a fashion merchandiser major, it's usually two fields. It's usually like people who want to work on like the math business side and people who want to work on more of the visual side of fashion. And I've always taken towards the visual side. so. A visual merchandiser at Club Monaco was a very great first position, and I'm very thankful for the chance that I got there. So it was really cool, really cool. And then from there, uh, I know that I'm remembering, I, I know that you went, you did like an internship after that that was working like directly with a stylist. Yeah, Tell yeah, us about so- that. So at the same time, I was working on, I was working at Club Monaco, but I was also connected to my first mentor. Rachel Johnson, who um, took me under her wing, and um, she told me if I, you know, came to New York, I'll be able to intern under her, and she really, she really, like, really took me under her wing, and, like, really blessed me with, like, great insight very early, so I would work at Club Monaco, the days I was scheduled, and on my days off, I would intern for her, 
do kind of like some research, you know, work on different projects, keep her kind of like in tune, maybe anything new that I may see that she may want to keep an eye out for her client she was working with. So I would do that. And then about, I want to say about after two months of interning with her, she, um, she saw fit to connect me to another stylist who is, um, you know, one of my great mentors now by the name of Jason Rimber. And I began to intern at his studio and, you know, I started interning there on my days off uh, for him. And the rest was history around, I want to say around about March after like, that's like a three month uh, process of working uh, full time and interning. I began to, um, he hired me to be his full time menswear uh, stylist assistant. And then that's the rest was history from there. So then after the next step, right, that you took in your career was to make the transition to being independent or freelancing. Are, are those the terms that you use in the fashion industry? I know it's kind of like that with, like, yeah, on, design on or paper, marketing and things like that. Yeah, on paper, mm-hmm. um, legally, they're um, considered as independent contractors. We're brought in um, for various okay. different projects in the industry. You know, we're I'm considered a freelance stylist. So that's that's how you kind of like uh, ter- term the terminology for it depends on who you're talking to what kind of the um, conversation you're having with describing who who okay. am I who I am today or the, like the role I I service now gotcha what would you say was the biggest lesson that you learned when you were making that shift of working for someone and then stepping out into this independent contractor role I think the biggest lesson I learned is to um, to to work on um, nature and my network. Uh, my network. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very important when you're a freelancer. You know the way people. You know your freelance life works is based off. You know your bookings. So and your bookings is based off like who you know. Like so, the more people who know the talent you possess or the knowledge you possess, that's the more bookings you have. Whether right? it be someone booking me to run market for them for a certain project or whether it be someone um you know having me you know come in and assist them and maybe they already have their market ran i'm just there to be an extra hand but you know to get there i must know different people who must kind of you know vouch for me or say oh yeah i know dan or uh, he, he he can he can do what you may need he can run around he knows new york he can go pick up he knows different people so I think, you know, the biggest lesson I learned is to, you know, nature of my relationships because in the beginning it's very tough to go from working for someone and a consistent check to now you're out here like, you know, by yourself and you have to I have to reach out to everyone I know to kinda like get work and like get the ball going. Right. So when you're preparing for a big gig, say you have a magazine shoot or say like fashion week is coming up or like a red carpet moment, how do you prepare? Usually, um, and how long does that preparation take? Honestly, you know, you would think it would be longer when people see the end product, but it's not. It's really not. This industry is super fast, as you know. You know, you work and somewhat degree in this industry as well. This industry is very fast, so on average, you know, one may have a day, maybe two, if you're, you know, if you're really lucky. If someone contact you in a decent amount of time to really kind of like prep and and get the ball going, so that's why. It, it behooves a stylist to, you know, your time off to know what you're talking about. Do your research and know what's in and out. So when the time is called, 
you can, you know, perform or bring what to the client what they may be asking for. So I say about a good two days is usually like the max you really have to pre prepare. Um, my process behind going about prepping different shoots, I'm usually, I'm always on my Vogue app looking at the different runway collections and, you know, when I'm able to attend different fashion weeks and um, different shows, I keep my eyes out and I like, you know, looking at the looks, going through the looks. So, you know, maybe a, say a red, someone may contact me and say, we're doing a red color story for editorial. I'm like, oh, no, I know, you know, Valentino had a lot of red looks this season. Okay. Um, a younger brand um, that I may be familiar with, been doing a lot, playing a lot with some reds or whatnot. And, mm -hmm. you know, then I, you know, begin to move forward from there. But, you know, it's the knowledge, the research that you're doing in between different gigs to keep you, you know, sh you know, sharpening your skills, keeping you on your toes. Right. And then, and then also, like, I understand it's really about, like, having that connection and that relationship with the actual brand. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's more so, you know, it's about having the, um, actually having a relationship with the PR contacts because a lot of these brands um, have different showrooms who houses their collections and when it's time to pull different things one must have that relationship one must have that contact to be able to reach out to this brand reach out to that brand hey i'm working on this project this is the talent this is when we were shooting where we're shooting all this is the mood of the direction we were going i'll love to request your brand to be a, be a part of this project gotcha so what's been your what would you say has been like your favorite job to date if you had to name one my favorite job to date? I think my favorite job had to be the first time um, the ESPN mag shoot, cover shoot for the Christmas story back in 20, at the end of 2017, working with um, Russell Westbrook. I'm a huge, uh, af um, I'm a huge uh, fan of professional athletes, the NBA, NFL, and I'm a big fan of Russell Westbrook's um, game, so being able to work with him and, and his style also off the court. So to work with him in person and it was just, it was crazy connection because I had started a style page in college and Russell Westbrook was the first celebrity to ever follow me. He followed my style page and I used to do different style layouts and he liked a few of my pictures. I remember DMing him back in 2014 and he told me, keep going, you know, cool stuff. And when I met him on set, I was like, bro, I'm the kid from North Carolina. I used to have a style page. I DM you a couple years ago. He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I remember you." Like he, he didn't. You don't know me like by face, but he remembered like the page that I had. Right. And I was like, "Wow, right, right." That's crazy. Like how life had came full circle. So that has to be the, the my favorite project thus far. That's really cool. That's What's crazy is one. First of all, it's dope that he remembered your brand, your name, and just your Instagram. Because I mean, how many Instagram a lot are of, you yeah, following these millions days? Of followers, um, yeah. Crazy that you say Russell Westbrook. I actually saw him last week in New York, um, in Central Park, just out with his oh, girlfriend yeah, yeah. and family uh, at the Central Park Zoo. My mom was here visiting, um, and I'm, I look over and I'm like, "Wait, that's Russell Westbrook." And yeah. my mom, of course, this is my mom's first time in New York, so we. This is like the, actually the only like level of like celebrity that we actually okay, yeah. saw while she was here. Um, but my mom was like taking pictures and like it was like so. Yeah, I was actually like working with him last week. He was in town for the oh, CF wow. he was in town for the CFDA Awards. Okay. Yeah, so I was I probably around that same time I was uh, you know, meeting up with him, getting some things together as he, you know, attended the CFDA Awards. That's crazy. That's really dope. And I love that especially just black at 
athletes and their influence and fashion has just really grown. Growing. I mean, it has forever. I mean, even, you know, before Jordan and, mm-hmm. and Jordan's legacy, um, that's really dope. You're so lit and you're so humble about it. <laughs> before, <laughs> I, I want to ask humble, you how... Humble brag real quick. <laughs> You, he is. He's so humble. I want to ask you how social media plays into your career. But before you tell me that answer, I feel like I kind of have an answer of my of my own. And I, I see you on social media being so transparent about your journey, about the research that you do and the time and the um, focus and the effort you put into your craft. And mm-hmm. then also sharing like, you know, there was a time that you didn't have the things that you had now or a time where I remember you shared a story about how, you know, now you're traveling again for work and you're you're traveling for jobs and you're getting, you know, paid to fly out places. And there was a time where you had that and you took it for granted and then it was taken from you. And now that you have those opportunities again, you're like so much more grateful for them and, and you're focused on not taking them for granted. But you, you share all of that on your social media and I think it's really inspiring and it's like only going to do amazing things for your brand as you continue to grow in your career. But how do you think social media plays into your job, whether it's like, you know, your personal brand or have you had experiences um, landing gigs off of social media? Yeah, I believe social media um, does play a large part, as we all know, in today's um, today's culture and today's like world. Um, I believe social media is kind of kind of like your new resume um, in certain industries, especially like people like entertainment industry or people working in fashion and whatnot. Now, when you claim to say you're this or you're that, you're a stylist, you're, you know, whatever you may be, people want to, you know, check your track records based off, oh, what's your Instagram and kind of see maybe what you, you know, what you do, what projects you've been a part of, what have you worked on. And um, I use social media more so a lot now, you know, share, you know, the projects I've been blessed to be a part of. And I have a story to tell at the end of the day. And I believe um, I use social media a lot just to like, kind of like the um, proclaim my truth and live in my truth. I think a lot of times, like everything in life, there's pros and cons. And there's cons, I believe, to social media where a lot of people can sell like fake stories or maybe not fake, people can sell like a facade. Yeah. And people can people can sell you this idea of success and I made it here. I came from North Carolina. I came from whatever small town and I made it in New York and I'm doing this, this, and that. But they're only showing you the, you know, the up parts of the journey. And I've been, you know, this last year, I've been very more, very much in tune with, like, enjoying my journey and being, like, transparent and showing that there are downtimes in my journey. There's downtimes where, you know, um, I've shared with a couple friends the other day. I remember, you know, you know being in Paris at Paris Fashion Week one day and then coming back home. And I was that's, at the time, I was still staying in my cousin's place and I was sleeping on the couch. And I think it's, important to share my story with different people and let people know that yes I can be here and I can be there and I can be blessed to be around that but I'm also still working my way up I haven't made it yet and I don't want to sell this false image like I made it knowing behind the scenes that I haven't there's different things I'm working on and there's different things I'm getting in order and I'm, I'm climbing it's a ladder and you know that me personally you know social media everyone has their own outtake on it you can use it however you want it but I just want to live in my truth. I feel I sleep good at night knowing that I live in my truth and I'm not selling no dream to nobody. I, you know, I'm selling just, I'm selling the idea that 
anyone can make it from anywhere. Just put your mind to it. You make certain sacrifices. You know, you you know when it's time to like chill, it's time to chill. When it's time to do this, time to do that. It's, it's a time and place for everything, and that's why I love about social media now. And I, I and I also I feel like being transparent is going to help me out in the long run because you know we all hear different things about the industry and whatnot. And but I think being transparent, a lot of people, you know want to vouch for me or want to work with me and people you know they, they say they like my spirit they like how I carry myself and I think that's because I'm, I'm very much transparent with it I'm, I don't you know not really trying to ride too much of a high horse like I, I feel like I got so much more that I want to achieve so much you know longer to go yeah, so so yeah I'm very much being a, being a student of the game being a student of the game I love that man and, and keep that authenticity because I, I know that just even having just an ear and just being in I know it's it's hard for me to even describe my because I don't work in fashion I work in like media and mm-hmm. you know working for a publisher and things but I just everything now is so polished right and we were so focused on how our Instagram feed looks and how we're perceived very curated and, mm-hmm. and, right and then and what is what is this person thinking about me and then what does my career look like to, through the lens of my Instagram and things like that but you share very authentic reflections on your Instagram um, like you said, you share the wins, right? But then you also share, you know, the your lessons. moments, the mm-hmm. lessons, right? Mm-hmm. And you very much, you know, you, you share your testimonies, right? You, I'm sometimes I'm on the train looking at Dan's Instagram story too, and I'm getting my devotional for the day. <laughs> so, Me too. Uh, so Me keep too. that, man. De- keep that authenticity. I appreciate it. I definitely get my daily devotional from Dan's Instagram story. So if, if you don't have your devotional set up, be sure to follow Dan. We'll give you all his social. Pl- Matter of fact, what's your Instagram handle? Let's let the people know now. My Instagram handle is dan.p.lee. I'm Dan P. Lee follow on all my, for on all my social medias. Follow for inspiration and encouragement. Seriously. This episode is brought to you by Streamline Media and Communications. Streamline focuses on connecting cultures and generations through thoughtful, well-produced ideas. Learn more at streamlinemedia.co. Um, okay, let's dive into a little bit more about the industry. Um, so if we have anyone listening who's aspiring um, to get into the fashion world or just curious about the fashion world, we want to give uh, some insight from your perspective. Who is someone in the industry right now that you're looking up to? Um, and then tell us a little bit why you're looking up to them. Someone in the industry I'm looking up to, and um, ironically enough, it's, I'm not trying to be biased, but it's my first mentor, Rachel Johnson. I'm, I still very much look up to the work that she's done. A lot of people may not know that she's very humble with her work, but she is the stylist behind LeBron James' image. She worked with LeBron James in his younger um, younger years, and she built with him for, the, for about 10, 15 years. And she was connected to LeBron through um, actually Jay-Z. Jay-Z introduced the two, and that's how the, the two began working together. But I'm very much inspired and still look up to what she's done in the space for athletes. She capitalized on, I want to say it's 2018, so back in like 2012, 2011, just you know, a couple of years way back before a lot of athletes started diving into this fashion space, she worked with LeBron and had a lot of designers, you know, working with a lot of the athletes and the bigger players. And she was working with, like, Amari Stoudemire, who was a really big basketball player at the time. Victor Cruz, he had just won the Super Bowl. So, And she was working with Colin Kaepernick as well, who was really hot. He just had, came off his Super Bowl run. So she was working with a lot of 
the bigger athletes. And in that time, a couple of years ago, a lot of people don't know, a lot of the fashion brands wasn't really making clothes for the bigger guys. It was hard for those guys to, you know, go shop. They're, you know, they're really kind of big. They had to wear, like, only custom stuff. Right. And she's she's credited. A lot of people know her name is very valid amongst the industry of being one of those stylists who kind of was like that brand liaison between the athlete and the brands that they like. And, you know, brands start to embrace athletes and realize the value that they had. And, and with her, like, kind of, like, navigating their relationships with them. And that's that's always been, like, that's one of, I've been inspired and always been, like, kind of, like, I want, what I wanted to do, being that, like, I always, like, pro, professional sports and, you know, NBA, NFL. I always, like, you know, athletes. And I always, like, fashion. So that was kind of, like, my way. Like, how can I bring the two together? And I want to be, you know, eventually I want to be, that connector, that network, that brand liaison between my client yeah. and these fashion brands that they love and that, you know, all these guys, you know, go shop and, you know, have fun with. So that's that's one that's Rachel Johnson is who I still look up to. And, you know, also my you know, my mentor now, Jason Rembert, he's just like the GOAT, like, you know, the guys he's out here styling everyone from Issa Rae to Zayn Mala to Rita Ora and he's very young and there's still, you know, there's no stopping him right now. So my two mentors are the two people that I, I look up to. Wow, man, those are some great connections. And, I, and I've had the pleasure to meet Rachel mm-hmm. um, when we went to that event. And I think that was a, the Nike store in um, Harlem. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I've had the pleasure to meet her, and she was very vibrant, very humble. And um, I love the fact that, one, just her as a black woman in the space, like, shaking the industry up mm-hmm. right showing the industry that you know athletes can be fashion influencers too yeah. now we we look at and a, a lot of of course a lot of athletes have like their signature shoe and things but now this is just like a lot of crossover where rappers are also you know fashion ambassadors yeah. they have their own sneaker and yeah. all these things that are going on right now are really dope and i'm just glad that you're able to be a student and you know be mentored underneath these individuals that are just making this change um what would you um, say three skills are that every every beginner stylist needs to have down? I think one, number one, organization. Organize, to be organized is key. Um, there's a lot of uh, information to process in your internship years, in your um, assistant years, and you must be very organized because it's just so much information being passed along each day. As you know, as you, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's different steps in every career. So when you, you know you're starting off and you just beginner getting your foot in the door, you're you know you're told so much information and you know going in the left ear, your right ear, you know what I'm saying? You're seeing a lot, and it's important to organize these different things that you're being shared. So I think organization is key. Um, also, um, another skill I, I would say is just you know still you know researching what you want to do daily, like. Yes, you can learn under someone. You can be, you know, you can learn how they do it. But also understand, you know, what have I come to realize is there's multiple ways to achieve different things. And may, what one stylist may do, another stylist may do totally different. And it doesn't make either or right or wrong. But just do your research and understand how, you know, may one may move, another may move. So when your time comes, you can, like, kind of, like, articulate, okay, this is how I'm going to move when my time comes. So those are two biggest skills is, you know, be organized, continue, continue to do your research. Also, I would say about research, too, is knowing the, the people that's in your field, 
and you know being very aware and of like the people who are you know you know moving and shaking and making the different moves like you said shaking up the industry because you never know who you're going to be in the same room with and who can help you out who you, you maybe could collab with in the future and it's very important to know your industry so when you're in the room you can be very present and, oh that's maybe that's that person maybe you want to connect with them or maybe you want to see something they make and share with you that's you know i think that's very important you know I'm, i was really deep into it i i you know it's not too many stylists that i really don't know about or kind of know a little bit of their story or who they work with or kind of like what was their process like right right you gotta know your competition at the end of the day really right? yeah yeah and I, I mean not more so from a competition standpoint just to understand you know who's around it's, yeah. it's important to understand your industry like you know you you're not the only fish in the sea you know right. what i'm saying so i think it's just very important you just never know who you who you may learn, who you right. may and then that from. opens the door to for you know you to build your network and then yeah. you know potentially collaborate with yeah. another stylist, you mm-hmm. know, assist another stylist. So. Yeah, so that's important. Along those along those same lines, who are some up and coming designers or brands that you think people should be paying attention to uh, if they're interested in in getting into this industry? A really great brand people should pay attention to is a brand called Echo Wall out of London. It's um, headed by a designer called Samuel Ross. It's a really, really great brand. He's a young black designer as well. Great, you know, great guy. I never met the guy, but he seems like he have a great spirit. The brand is it's very, very, very curated, very different. Um, um, people in the industry who know when you look at his work, it's like, it's a very new, fresh, interesting approach that he has on fashion. It's kind of hard to kind of describe, but, you know, if you was to look up the brand Echo Wall, really, really dope young brand that has, man, has uh, a high ceiling for potential to really, like, really, really be big in the next few years. You know, if not, you know, people don't, people can kind of consider it big already. Also, another brand that I really love is um, Pierre Moss, another um, black designer as well by the name of Kirby. Um, I've been following his um, journey ever since when I was back in school at East Carolina. So I remember, you know, his first couple of collections when he was, you know, releasing his product up here, up here in New York. And to see him now, you know, he was just nominated for a CFDA um, Upcoming Designer Award. He was one of the um, nominations this year. And to see his uh, get, you know, respect from Vogue and the different higher-ups in fashion is really, really good to see. So... Those are my two younger brands that I, I really like. A third one, it's a brand called Rude by a young guy um, named Luigi out of L.A. That's, he's he's doing some really dope stuff in the streetwear, more of the streetwear lane, but still a little bit kind of like runway elevated. So I, li- I love those three brands. Nice. I like Rude, actually. I follow that dude. It's yeah. like R-H-U-D-E, right? Yeah, yeah, really dope. R-H-U-D-E, yeah. 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 So... So, so you got some pieces you can pull for me? I mean, nah, nah, yeah. I mean, I've I worked with, I pulled some pieces. We worked with some um, Pierre Moss pieces before, so I've been blessed to like see some of that, and you know, I have that. I was actually blessed to attend the runway show that he recently did, one of his biggest runways. He just did a collaboration with Reebok, and then you know, I had to, I got to see some of the collection and tangibly feel it. And look at it. So I haven't worked with any pieces from the other two brands just nice. yet, but soon I hope so. Hope so. Nice. 
designers. And this is just amazing to know that, you know, these up and coming designers that you're looking to are people of color, right? And young men of color that yes. are just moving and shifting the industry. Because when you look across the industry as a whole, you don't see black men. There's not that many. In that position, yes. There's not that yes. many in that position. I mean, really black women either. Yes. Um, and it's very inspiring. It's very inspiring to me to see these guys and to have followed their journeys. and. Yeah to see their progress that gives me hope to continue going and keep fighting and that's their story their their fashion designs their collection is their story yeah. you know my story is told differently through styling but you know it's, i love it i love it yeah so what will your story be man what impact do you hope to make in the industry one of my taglines i go by i go by inspire others to inspire others so um my story i just want people to, to see my story and to see a young kid from a small town, you know, a little city, North Carolina, and to see that, you know, he was, I was resilient. He was, I was ambitious. Um, I had no fear. Like I said, you know, I just moved to New York and didn't have no guaranteed job. I just had, you know, a couch to lay my head on. And I just came here and I was living, you know, way up in the Bronx, which a lot of people call it like the forbidden borough. Um, but I came up here and I just, I didn't, you know, I didn't let anything deter me. I didn't let people who doubted me say you can't do it. And I just kept working. I kept working. And one of my stories, I just hope when people who are, see my story that they are, they are inspired. It lights some fire under them to say, hey, he did it. I can do it too. And you know, not not more from a comparison comparing standpoint, just to be inspired. Like you know, I think we all are inspired by someone. And when people hear my story and see this small town kid from Little City, North Carolina, moved to New York to, you know, dive into bigger opportunities. And then people have seen me, you know, I've been blessed to travel to Paris, London, and Milan, and attend all fashion weeks in, in each country. Work a lot of times in LA, work a couple of times, you know, in different states across the country. You know, other people back home tell me all the time, like, wow, like, you know, you, you know, you just like us. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm human. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I believe we're all human. And, you know, I want people to be, you know, to relate. Like, wow, like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I have this idea. I'm going to go after it because, you know, I seen you had an idea and you kept pushing and you never gave up. So I just want, that's what my story I want to be. I want to inspire others and be that fire under them to go after whatever dream they may have. Nice. And just really be a light, and I, I think that you know, you'll look back, and, and I think we get caught up in these because I, I know, man, I know, I see you grinding, and mm -hmm. I know that these the day to day, you know, isn't always what we want it to be or For what sure. we mm -hmm. what we expected, or, or or you know, we might not be reaching the goals that you know we have set out for ourselves, you know. At, in our current space but I think that it's going to be awesome to really just look back and realize that what you're doing right now is not for you, only for you right it's, it's bigger to inspire than me. It's someone else it's bigger than you sure. right to be a light um, and so I love that even at, at this young age yeah, you're already I mean, seeing you're like already that. inspiring people so you're, you're inspiring me and it's like obviously our careers aren't they're not even in the same path, but um, just your hustle, your mindset, your perspective, it's its definitely inspiring. So thank you for being you and for sharing your story. Thanks so really much. Thanks it. so much. Absolutely. What, um, what advice would you have for young stylists or aspiring stylists in terms of networking specifically? So they're trying to make these contacts, right? They're trying to meet people um, that they can collaborate with or... Um, network with or, or work with what advice do you have for young stylists in that position 
Well, my number one advice would be to seek mentorship. Um, I think it's very important to uh, seek out, you know, various internship opportunities. Reach out to, you know, different stylists who are in, you know, working at a bigger, you know, level than, you know, one at an aspiring level. And to reach out to them and see, you know, how you can maybe assist, um, how you can, you know, intern, get in, you know, get into like, you know, their team or their studio and, and be a helping hand. And I think it's, you know, I can just only speak from my journey. I think it's important when you come in and you be a helping hand and you be open to just come in and do whatever, whether it be dropping off clothes around the city, picking up clothes in the hot heat, in the rain, the snow, you know, up and down the stairs in the train. You know, this, you know, it's clothes, but you said a lot of clothes at the end of the day, you know, it can be heavy, you know. But I think it's just important to just, just come in and just and just do what's told of you. And when you come in and you come in with a humbling spirit, and you come in with the idea of like, you know what, I'm, I'm, a, I've been invited to come into someone's creative space, and I'm just gonna come in here. I'm gonna be like a sponge. I'm gonna learn whatever I can learn from them, whatever they allow me to do. I'm gonna be grateful. I'm gonna just do it. No complaints. And you know, eventually you'll see yourself start working up the ladder. People will notice your hard work. People will notice how ambitious you are. People will notice how much of a workload they have um, given you, and you know you didn't complain. So you know that you know you'll be trusted more. You'll be given more. You'll be eventually paid more. You know what I'm saying? So and then you know people higher up will want to invest in you more. So um, I tell I, I tell a lot of people if you you know the best that you can to try to find like a mentor you can kind of link yourself to because yeah. it's important to have a mentor who's willing to invest in you because the biggest thing in this industry a lot of people know a lot of people don't want to share information you okay. know a sad story but it's a lot of people don't know how to share information and for various reasons I get it people you know feel though they have work for this they you know they have long nights late nights early mornings for this so you know they're not going to just willingly hand out these contacts and these different information to just, yeah. you know, Joe Blow or somebody who just come in, coming in. So you have to earn that respect. So I think it's, you know, very, very important to kind of seek mentorship and try to get on someone's team and grow from there. Um, if you can't, uh, I, I definitely don't believe in like giving up, continue to be resilient, you know, on your own. And if you know, like like what Issa Ray said, if you can't kind of like you know maybe link with these different people or higher up because maybe they may be out of reach, to network across. You're a stylist, maybe a young friend of yours, maybe um, a photographer, maybe another friend of yours, maybe a model, another friend of yours, maybe a makeup artist. You know, bring you know your network together, your network together, and like hey, let's shoot a project. You, I got a friend who's a photographer, friend who's a model. I'm a stylist, you a makeup artist. You know. Bring it together and start building projects like that, and then eventually, you know, true talent will prevail. Right. So you know, it's, it's you don't always have to be linked to someone who's higher up. You can, you know, do it up, you know, yourself or you know, with your people around you. Right. That that collaboration man is just really important, and I see that happening now for a lot of young professionals here in New York. Right. I know, like you, everything you just named, stylists, makeup mm-hmm. artists, right, and a lot of them will, you know, even you might be going to assist. An assistant. Yeah. Right. And I know sure. you said, you know, sometimes interns help you out and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I think even start like I can imagine it, it being intimidating to, you know, try to reach out to a stylist on, you know, via Instagram or LinkedIn or, mm-hmm. you know, 
you might not know what to say. You might feel like you're coming off evasive. But I think even using social media, right, reaching out to people, you know, sharing your resume and things like that. Um, yeah, Very the, the network. You got. You just got to start somewhere, right? So I would, I would, just, I would throw in some advice and just tell people constantly pitch yourself, constantly. pitch yourself, and be be willing to take on work that's unpaid. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've done yeah, some yeah, unpaid yeah. When I first, Yeah, when I first started interning. It was intern, you know, internship is unpaid, um, and I knew that, but, you know, I was very much happy with it. I knew what it was, and, you know, I, I worked as if I was getting paid. Like, I didn't let that deter me, and, you know, I mm-hmm. definitely agree with what you're saying about continue to pitch yourself, because the reason why, you know, I tell a lot of people all the time, the reason why I ended up making a connection with Rachel Johnson, I email her every two weeks for two years. Oh, yeah, from, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What? I emailed her every two weeks for two years. So I had a, I had a list of stylists I was reaching out to. I had a list of about 25 to 50 stylists who I knew in the industry, you know, thankful for Instagram and kind of knew on who's who. And I had a, I never forget, I used to have a, you know, the note, the notepad on your iPhone and I had a general, you know, kind of general like pitch like, hey, I'm such and such. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm you know, I'm a, I started my junior year. I'm a junior at East Carolina, major in fashion. I would love to know connect any internship opportunities and yeah i used to email i used to just send out mad emails every two weeks every two weeks and after like a whole year i think rachel um she responded back to me once then the summer of like i think the summer of 2014 so i started in 2013 and then i lost her again and then she finally emailed me back that October and I, I had graduated that December, but I mean she she she's told me she said my persistence she's seen my email coming across a couple That's times hunger. and then and then hunger. also too being strategic with it like I I got it down to a point where I told my friend I started to uh, do research and see like most people in bigger cities usually don't start their day to like nine or ten so I will only send emails out between the hours of seven and nine because my whole idea was. Either I send it out seven to nine, or I will send it through um, send it at the times of four to five. So I wanted to either be the first email that they see before they start their day, or be their last email, because I figured people in bigger cities were too busy to maybe see my email in the right, midst right. of all that they got going on in the middle of the day, and I'm you know running around. So it's I, I'm thankful the different like you know tactics I would use, and it you know some people some people you open your laptop. You know, around about nine or ten in the morning, and I'm the top email you see. So maybe you may want to respond back to me, give me some type of advice, and it it, it paid off. It paid off. So I'm I'm thankful for that. And I, you know, like I said, I think that's important to realize, like your plan, different tactics you make and use to get in contact with different people. That's persistence. I gotta I gotta give that to you. I don't I. Two years? Yeah, two years. Yeah. Two my years. My junior year, my senior year. That's crazy, yeah. man. So it sounds like that this net, you know, the question, you know, at hand was, you know, advice on networking. You got to start now. If you're mm-hmm. in school now and you think, you know, you want to move to a bigger city, you want to hit LA, you want to hit, you know, New York, Atlanta, like really start doing your research mm-hmm. on who, who are those people in the industries there and, um, and the beautiful thing is, I mean, Google, you can find just about everything email out there in the industry. If you really look yeah. at it, yeah. look, I done found some email. We done, yeah. we done shared, shared email, email together. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Um, There's no excuse. I I used to, I, I literally <laughs> would type in the stylist name, see if they had a website. Now I'm trying to attend. They have a website. Yeah. They have a general email. Some somehow their right. email hit that, hit, the, hit that Instagram link. Yes, right? Instagram. A lot of people got that business profile set up. Sometimes you may a DM may work. They right. may respond back. You know, randomly like, you know, just any way you can. Just if you really want it, you have to just try it any way you can. Right. I love it, man. So what um. What are some resources that you um, visit frequently or what are some resources you can, you know, encourage other people to use to really keep up to date on the current trends? Like any sites, any apps? Mm, I mean, for me, more so the Vogue app, more importantly. I literally look at all the runway collections a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy into menswear and menswear styling, so I'm a big fan of GQ. I love the different, you know, stories and reports that they do. Um, and I'm a millennial at the end of the day, so you're saying at the end of the day, <laughs> Instagram. Instagram, you say I follow, you know, a lot of pages like, you know, Hype Style, you know, Complex, um, um, Upscale Hype, different, different pages who are dedicated to, you know, promoting everything fashion and style, yeah. and, you know, and just keeping up with that. You know, I'm very much in tune with. You know the athlete culture and you know and the music culture. So, seeing the different things they may be wearing to you know what performance or what red carpet and you know looking at that and like did I like that? Did I not? What would I, what would I would have done if I was you know maybe styling them for that red carpet or for that performance and trying to kind of get into the mind of like you know the reason why and you know just from my from my from my lens. So I don't really I, like I said not too many. Like sites, but I don't know. I'm just very much like engulfed with, yeah. like you know, of course, like yeah, average millennial. Like yeah. you, you can't miss a lot if you like really like on like your Instagram, your Twitter, and different things. You you know, we come across so much information. <laughs> Definitely, I I love the way that you share a lot of the inf- information that inspires you, um, and the research and stuff that inspires you and motivates you on social. It's it's really awesome. What styling tips do you have for young professionals that are looking to just express themselves through their clothing more? One, I'll say um, understanding um, your body and your fit. Um, A lot of times with style, um, I think a lot of people, different people can pull different things off based off knowing what fits them. You know what you know what you may wear, Ryan, may not look good on me. What I may wear may not look good on you. And that's from understanding, you know, different garments. Maybe even down to colors and and shapes. You know, you know, do you feel uh, comfortable in polka dots or stripes? Knowing that and knowing what you feel comfortable with. Also, um, style tips. I I always encourage people wear what you feel that you like. You know, don't you know don't. Don't always just look at maybe like, you know, you're shopping on a web page and it may look good on that model and you're like, oh, that look good. And then you, you know, we have experiences, we buy things and then you put it on yourself. I'm like, nah, they really look good. Like, or oh, it may look good on the rat. You go, you're in the store, you go try it on. It's like, eh. But it's like, once you begin to know, you know, who you are, how you want to also, you know, understand how you want to interpret yourself and, and whatever setting you may go into, whether you may be going to work, whether you may be going to a concert, maybe maybe going to a dinner, you know, or you know, business meeting, you know, whoever you linking with, understanding, you know, because we all, you know, we all look at, you know, maybe clothes or shoes or maybe what somebody is wearing. So, 
that's kind of like the first impression we give people. So that's the style of advice I would like give people like, you know what I'm saying? Understanding your fit, you know, wearing what you feel most comfortable in, um, wearing what you like and, you know, understanding maybe the environment you may be going in. How do you want to be perceived? You know, there are, there's people who have very nonchalant attitudes and they don't care what environment they're in. And that's cool. Like, I, I applaud people like that. And there's people who, you know, they may not want to be overdressed at an underdressed event or they may not want to be underdressed at an overdressed event. So I applaud those two. There's no right or wrong. But understanding, just owning owning yourself, it comes down to, it's, it's not about the clothes or, you know, what you wear. It's about how comfortable you wear and how comfortable you feel. There's a lot of, People we may see like, oh, that's wild. Like I would never do that, but somehow they can pull it off. It looks cool on them. Right, and but it might the, not even be the the clothing. It might be that the attitude, the confidence. Attitude, yeah, confidence yes, yes, yes. So it's it's, much, it's way bigger than just the clothes or you know the the shoes or the colors. Like that person owns it. I'm inspired to go shopping <laughs> now. So, so you got the confidence. Shop to you, job. Just got the confidence. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Dan, this um, kind of counter counteracts the humbleness that we said that you have a little earlier. But um, I think owning the fact that we are bosses and, and bosses in the making is one step of our journey. Um, so I want to know, in your opinion, what makes you a boss? I think what makes me a boss is the fact that I'm willing to outwork my my competitors. I'm willing to outwork. Um, younger stylists who may be on the come up as me and I don't, I don't say that to uh, knock anyone else's journey but I just know how hard I'm willing to work I know how hard I want it I know um, I know how much research I'm putting in and I just know the attitude that you know reason why I came into this industry I feel like I, I am good at what I do and I, I am good at like connecting different people I'm good at you know being a little bit more aware of newer brands and different things and that's why I feel like I think makes me a boss and then also like I said living in my truth being very transparent with who I am my intentions when I come in different circles or when I'm invited in various surroundings I think that's you know makes me a boss because I you know I, I don't come in with hiding any intentions you know I'm very much truthful with myself you know a lot of people can vouch you know I feel like I'm very loyal and I, th- I think that's I think that's really what you know various keys that made me make me a boss say that <laughs> <laughs> say that alright so last last piece of advice here I want to hear from you um, what's what's a piece of advice that you would have would you have for someone looking to date a young a young <laughs> aspiring a young <laughs> stylist in the game out here so we got any listeners here trying to slide in Dan's DM what, oh, what advice man. do you have for them uh, dating is is tough in bigger <laughs> cities. We all know in New York and LA, it could be. So how to date as a stylist? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my mind is a hundred percent really on like styling. I really love styling, but also too, like I'm not gonna sit here and like you know we all you know we all you know want someone to like us, to love us, to grow with. And I think you know what I'm learning, the idea to like date someone, any creative period, is to understand that whatever they you know their talent is or whatever their creativity that they share with the world that's like their baby 
So it's like for you to come in, you have to understand why they may like that so much, why they may be so in tune with it and understand that, you know, they have so much goals and visions to groom their talent and eventually this is their career at the end of the day. Right. This is how a lot of us, you know, pay the bills, you know, full time creatives. So it's like and it, you know, if some if an opportunity come up, you know, they may have to scratch, you know, plans with you to go complete that opportunity because you know, that opportunity may or it may have a check to it. It may not, but, right. you know, even if you don't have a check to it, it may be something that can advance them to be present themselves with someone that can lead to them, you know, having a check to it. And then, you know, we often take care of bills at any day. So I think dating can be, it can be tough dating a creative because sometimes you have to, you're, you know, your spouse or your, your significant other will have to take a, a, a back burner to yeah, yeah. your, you know, your, your creative like plans. It can or oh, it can really override your love life. It really right, can. So you trying to be dance baby, you gotta you gotta take a you gotta take the back burner. <laughs> well, just, I'm gonna make a uh, I'm gonna make up for it, you know. But you gotta understand at the end of the day, I'm doing this for us. It's, it's a better life will come from this, you know. Like you know, what I'm saying I will take care of you know the, the one I end up finding love with one day, but. It's a process. <laughs> All right, y'all. Dan's DMs are open. Thank you so much for sharing this insight. Um, Ryan, Ryan, Dan's DMs are wide open. There, Ryan, right? so, speed dating right there. If you need any, if you if you guys would like any additional Shut advice, up. I definitely encourage you. Um, if you're interested in getting into fashion, if you're interested in you know knowing the ins and outs of styling, if you're interested in growing your network this year, um, reach out to them for sure. Contact you can contact me um, on social media. We could we could um, if you contact me there, we can exchange numbers, exchange emails. I'm willing to share you know what 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 information I have learned to someone who may be up and coming, trying to get into fashion, get into styling. Even if you're not trying to get into that, whatever career fields, maybe someone that may be going out of their dreams. The best way you can probably reach me. Um, it's you know through Instagram Dan P Lee. So like you know if you send me a message or whatnot, I'll respond and we can you know further the conversation from there, uh, and I'll I'll provide whatever insight that I've been I've been granted. So you know I'm not hard to reach. I I always say I guess from our process of uh reaching out to a lot of different stylists and over those two years I didn't get a lot of responses back. So I've always said that, you know, when my time come, I want to be able as as best as I can to answer as many emails right. or any any reach anybody reaching out to me via DM as possible. Like yeah. So I'm very So your DMs don't have a waiting list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we That's awesome, and I really hope people take you up on that offer because, you know, having a conversation with someone who's been in your um, steps and who's doing things that you want to do one day uh, will really offer you some insight into your own journey. So thanks for being open for that, Dan. And as always, make sure you're following us on social media, at Bosshood Pod on Twitter or Instagram. And let us know what your takeaways were from this episode. If you're interested in the fashion industry, let us know if this inspired you, if you got some advice, um, and if this encouraged you. Even if you're not in the fashion industry, we definitely want to hear from our listeners, and we want to know um, what you like about our episodes. And uh, thanks for listening, basically. (laughs) And as always, boss up. Hey, guys, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Our Legacy. 
Our legacy focuses on building and exposing the legacies of creatives, leaders, and entrepreneurs of the African diaspora. We're excited to be a part of the Our Legacy family and hope that you will join us. Learn more at ourlegacy.co.